At Freedom HealthWorks, we're focused on putting medical professionals back in control of their practices. Utilizing a structured, tailored approach to business, startup, and operations, it could make sense for you to work with our professional team to avoid expensive pitfalls and, more importantly, expedite your journey to success. As we all know, time is money. If you're involved in the practice of medicine and desire to practice free of headaches and constraints, reach out for a no-obligation consultative conversation. Call us today at 317-804-1203 or visit FreedomHealthWorks.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Healthcare Americana. I am your host, Christopher Havig, CEO and co-founder of Freedom HealthWorks. Healthcare Americana is a podcast for the 99% of people who get healthcare in America. We're not clinicians or policymakers. We're patients and caregivers, executives and advocates who are fed up with the status quo and have desire to change it. This podcast brings listeners backstage at innovative organizations talking to innovative people across America that are putting patients first by delivering exceptional care to anyone and everyone. The topic of patient compliance and helping patients take control of their medical environment and the medical world is a topic that is always very, very relevant. Who owns patient charts? Who owns patient data? How can people make sure that their trusted physicians and medical care teams aren't making simple typos and transcription errors? And then how do care teams take a look at the entire environment of what a patient is doing in a daily life? To discuss this topic and shed a little bit more light on some solutions around the area, please welcome Bettina Hine, CEO of Julie which is an app, and I will let her describe it a little bit more because it's so much more than what I can possibly uh, bring together. But it's a very comprehensive patient-facing app that brings in the entire environment, like we said, and allows a patient to take control of their environment and help direct care decisions. Bettina, thanks for joining us. And uh, you're overseas right now in Switzerland, so thanks for taking on a little bit after business hours so we could do this episode. Hi, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. Now, as you said during the introduction there, Julie represents really a very comprehensive system and a very comprehensive app that, dare I say, it it makes keeping track of medical information fun, useful, convenient, all the above. Yeah, that's a pretty good way to say it. You know, we really try to help people with chronic conditions on their journey to managing their condition. Oftentimes, it takes people years to learn how to do that and and stay stable and get better. And uh, one of the big things is that they don't know exactly what's triggering their episodes, their ups and downs. And we are just using very modern data-driven methods to do that by collecting all these different data types and putting them in in one really easy to read dashboard and asking you a couple of questions every day to see, you know, if the things uh, are working that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So this is something, Julie is, is uh, J-U-L-I um, is what it's called. Julie is something that is really geared towards engaging a person on a daily basis which I think is really, really interesting because, and, and I know I used the word gamify before, and it's, it's much more than that, but talk about the differences between Julie and what you've created and how it is geared towards a daily use type of a system versus, you know, like an EMR where someone can log in and see their health data, but 
it doesn't seem like there's a lot of use on that from a day-to-day basis. Yeah, Mar, you typically only see snapshots, you know, caught in in time, uh, certain points in time, whenever you interact with a healthcare system. But in Julie, we take the data from your smartphone. We take the data from your connected scale or smartwatch. We take weather data. We take EHR data, actually. We pull that in as well. And then we pair it all together with patient-reported data, or as you like to say, people-reported data. We ask you via our conversational interface. It's It's like a chat every day, two or three questions, how you're doing. Let's say if you have asthma, if you used your emergency inhaler or had episodes of shortness of breath, and then you can move along with your day. So this is something that is geared to be, like I said, a daily companion, but there's a lot of stuff going on in the background. You even mentioned pulling in weather data. Why is something like that relevant to somebody? Well, it really depends on what condition you have, but let's say you have migraine. A lot of people, we pull in, for example, air pressure. A lot of people have trouble when there's an air pressure change, or if you have depression, the number of sunlight hours makes a big difference. Also, what we found out actually is that air pollution is the third highest correlating factor to depression. Air pollution obviously makes a difference to people that have asthma. You know, there there are just so many things that in our daily lives that have influence on what we do. And what we're trying to do is make it as easy as possible for the person to track this. And anything that we can get from somewhere else is something that you don't have to input in order to see what's going on with you. Some apps may ask you, you know, how is the weather today? Well, we know that, right? We we pull in that via an API and uh, it's as easy as that. And it's very local, Let's say you're you're in New York and you know you're in Manhattan versus the Bronx, right? Or you're in the Dallas area, you're in Denton versus in North Dallas. Weather there is different. So yeah, we we just do that to make it as easy as possible, as seamless as possible, so that you can spend your time living your life and not doing like what a lot of people are doing instead of using Julie. They're cobbling together other apps, or even worse, they have paper journals where they try to track everything that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And that is um, the, the comprehensive aspect of it is something I want to dive into. And, and on the flip side of that, coming on the other end of it, so understanding, gathering all this data, not going through kind of paper charts or paper journals, uh, whether it's nutrition or, or how they're feeling. To me, a lot of these systems that came before this they fall short because they are really good at identifying patterns or trends, but where are the solutions? What can people do if they see something? It's like, man, I just, I'm not sleeping well. I'm waking up four times during the night, or I understand, you know, I have migraines, all those different factors you brought in. What can I do about it? And that's where I think a lot of systems will fall short. How does Julie impact more of a solutions oriented mindset? Well, first of all, there are actually not that many apps that show you um, exactly what's going on across factors, right? Um, yeah, I mean, like individual, individual ones. Like Fitbit apps that, you know, like you said, you have to cobble together all these different sources. Even if you use 10 different apps, do you have 10 different solutions or is it, it's even harder to get to a solution? 
Yeah. And, and, you know, the, all that data, the human brain is a very powerful thing, but analyzing large amounts of data concurrently is something that machines can do much better, right? So we can use our machine learning models and see in an instant what's going wrong. And you might have to spend together with your physician a year, two years to see those correlations. So that in itself is already a big value add. But what we do is bring together with that recommendations and what you can do. For example, let's say you do see a spike in air pollution. Before you might have not been aware of that, but Julie figures that out. We there it's changed from one day to the next. You should probably stay inside. Or if you go for a daily walk, if we see that, you should maybe do that at the mall and not outside. Um, You should put your air purifiers on if you have those things like that, just little tips uh, that help people. Or let's say you um, have a tendency towards depression. We see that your mood is going down we can recommend that you get more movement or that you call a friend or that you actually get more sunlight hours. You put your, especially now in the winter, um, you put your light box on so that you can get more of that vitamin D. Things like that are helpful. And, you know, something might be also as non-obvious as there's a great art exhibition going on at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. And uh, why don't you go there and get your walk in that exhibition? I love it. Culture as a uh, component of your overall well-being and health. You mentioned being able to use your physician as a, as a, as a resource. Obviously, with our work through Freedom Health Works and, and telling stories through Healthcare Americana, we believe that physicians historically have had really a central role in well-being for their patients that they've kind of vacated over the years and decades, and now they're trying to take that back through you know certain direct care models. How does a physician fit into this when somebody is using your app? How do they interact with their physician? So there are two ways. One is just that the person or the patient uses the app, and when they at certain checkpoints go see their physician, they can then actually show, okay, so this is what happened to me in the two months since I've seen you. And you can show, you know, your curves because humans are terrible historians, right? If I ask you what you had for breakfast on Monday morning, unless no you chance. ate the same thing every day, I'm you might not know. Most people. Right. So even simple things like that, people do not remember, right? And you're very recency biased. You think about what's been most currently is your state, not how it has changed over time. And so you can just take that data with you to your physician and share that. If our solution is integrated with a health system or with an insurer or with a doctor themselves, then they can see among all of their patients if somebody is out of band and if they should give them a call. So it can get kicked over to a nurse hotline, uh, things like that, and check in and say, you know, it looks like you might be heading towards a migraine episode. Should you take your injectable medication for that? Or 
The ragweed is the pollen is really bad right now. We're seeing that you're not sleeping well. Let's do something about this. Have you been taking, you know, your steroid medication? Um, it's it's really time for that. It's the season now. I think it's fascinating. It will pull in so many data sources. And I know it's not like a broken record like that, but every time you you mentioned similar capability of this. It's like, wow, weather, uh, pollen, um, pollution, exercise, nutrition. I mean, it, it seems comprehensive is like the one word that keeps coming to mind here. You build this as power of artificial intelligence combined with a friendly personal health assistant. And so I'm curious what the reaction from the medical community has been when a patient walks in and says, hey, look at everything that I have documented that, that is contributing to my overall health. What do you think, doc? What, what has been the overall reaction from the medical community? Well, it depends, right? If you have a very hurried physician, you might not get as much uh, on that um, as from somebody that has the time to look at the data. Um, but because it's very easy to look at, um, typically, you know, doctors are used to analyzing lab results and other data points. So they're used to that. So they can see the patterns and and help out. So that's something that we facilitate and make easier. And I think it just brings more patient engagement in there, you know, having the patient be, let's say, eye level conversation partner, because they're the expert in their bodies, right? And the doctor brings interpretation and diagnosis to that. And then together, you know, their care plan uh, should uh, be discussed. It can't be just, I'm the one in the white coat and I'm going to tell you what to do. Because that never works. And, and you hear doctors saying, well, I try to tell this person why they need to go lose weight and exercise and diet and they don't do that. So I'm not to blame for their diabetes. You know, it's patient compliance is a real concern in the medical community. Without even with being more collaborative too, you know, than just a heavy approach of I'm the doctor, I tell you what to do. Can you talk a little bit about how patient compliance is something that is so key that, that physicians and, and the medical professionals are able to follow along with their patients? Is that something that Julie can do as well? Well, they can they can see the the progress. What we find and obviously we have this from the experts, what's really important is medication adherence. So what Julie does is we also track that. We ask every day and we send reminders and we have it just on the smartwatch where you can just tap on it, say snooze or taken or skipped for the various medications that people take. And people with chronic conditions tend to take more than one medication if it's serious enough for them to to manage through something like Julie. Yeah. And that's where I went because it, to me, physicians and medical community would be flocking to something like this saying, oh my gosh, I, I'm hitting 60% patient compliance when people come back. And then now I can see, I can set them reminders automatically. You can set, you establish all this stuff that takes a lot of guesswork out of it. And I'm sure the patient compliance rates are skyrocketing at this point in time. And that is something that has real profound effects on people. So I want to take a step back or so. What challenges did you face where you said, you know what, I have this really good idea on how I can impact people's lives that led to the start of this company? Well, it comes from a very personal experience on my end. I have two children 
And um, my oldest is 10 years old. And when she was born, I was the CEO of another software company. I'm a three-time serial entrepreneur and with software companies. And I had just raised a major round of funding for the company, knowing that I would have to focus some of my time on this new arrival. And 10 days after I closed that round of funding, I fell on my way to work. And Louisa was born six weeks prematurely. And that was, as a new mom, that was really hard to see, you know, as, as you know, as a parent, it's um, seeing your kid hooked up to all those devices and them having to restart her breathing, all of those things makes you feel extremely guilty. And what then happened is that I couldn't sleep from that day forward. I couldn't sleep. If something woke me up at 11 p.m., or at 3 a.m., I was up for the rest of the day. And being the CEO of a strongly growing company, that was just not something that I could keep up. That was just taking everything out of me, turning me into a zombie. So um, I went to my PCP and, you know, I got all of my health care um, at Massachusetts General Hospital. So, you know, not a regional something, something in small uh, county so-and-so, but in really a very renowned medical center. And my PCP asked me if I was stressed at work. And I was like, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> Sherlock, <laughs> just a little. Uh, and then asked if I was breastfeeding and I said, yes. And then he said, sorry, I can't give you anything. And I did that twice and I got the same answer the second time around. And so what I decided to do, like entrepreneurs do, is I decided to help myself. And what I started doing was wearing a sleep monitor, a headband back then, 10 years ago. And um, I you know, looked at my sleep, at my deep sleep, REM sleep, waking, et cetera. And I hacked myself back to health. And that, you know, was the start of my thinking around this using data because all of my companies have taken large amounts of data and applied AI to them and optimized uh, for a certain outcome. So I was like, this is a no brainer to do this uh, for health. And so I, Mm -hmm. yeah, I, after I finished uh, my tour of duty 10 years as the CEO of Pixability, my second company, I decided I have another company in me. And uh, then Julie came to the forefront um, to manage chronic conditions. It's an incredible story. Uh, and thank you for, for sharing kind of the personal aspect of it. It seems like some of the best companies and most motivated people start companies and start solutions out of frustration or very personal aspects of that. And anybody who listens to this show understands, you know, that's really how Freedom HealthWorks got started from a personal family health issue and thinking, goodness gracious, what are we going to do if there's no doctor out there willing to take time to actually get to know a patient, how this is going to affect families down the line. So we love focusing on solutions that actually help people and not they're just some cloudy, opaque, complex, hey, this is just going to be a better mousetrap, but actually going out and solving real world problems. Um, As Julie grows and as you grow this company, like your previous ones, 
what does the future look like for you? Where are you basing your success off of? And, and what are some cool areas that you're hoping to break into? Well, so we're a multi-condition chronic care platform. And, um, you know, 60% of people that have a chronic condition have more than one. And so what we do is right now we cover five conditions. We cover asthma, chronic pain, migraine, depression, and bipolar disorder. But we're seeing people use our software for many other conditions already, so to say, off-label. Um, so, but what we're you know uh, looking at is to give people access to many different things. Let's say they have migraine and they have chronic pain, or they have asthma and depression. You don't need separate apps for that. You can put all. You're one person. You're not an asthma sufferer and a migraine sufferer, you're, you're a person that has these two things. And why should you not be able to put that together to a holistic picture? So that's, you know, we're looking forward to expanding to lots of other conditions. Autoimmune conditions is one of the next things that we're going to focus on. Also, what we're building out is uh, these recommendations uh, that we are, are showing. And what we hope for is that we can get this out to as many health systems, as many insurers and self-insured employers as possible so that they can offer it out to their, their patients, getting providers to use it to just enhance the relationship between people and their care teams and also, healthcare is expensive. We all know that. Resources are devoted to the people that need it right then. If you just call everybody, you know, once a month or once a week on a rote schedule, some of them you'll get when once they have, you know, an exacerbation of their condition, but most you probably won't. You'll miss that window. And that's where Julie can help and make a real difference in uh, the cost structure for healthcare, but also in how personal the healthcare is uh, for each person. Treating patients like people. I love the concept of that. And, and, you know, we've mentioned that a couple of times, but what really struck me from a key takeaway, what you just said there, and, and this is important. So I wanted to reiterate it. You're not treating somebody with just a diabetes app saying you are a diabetic, you belong over in this bucket over here. What you said was we're bringing them all together and saying, look, you're a person. You might have some different types of issues or health issues or things that you're worried about, but we're not going to have to just slice you off here. We're not going to identify you based on your, I, I, I despise this term, pre-existing condition, mm. right? Everybody can get here. Everybody can bring things in. Now we have a, a unified view. I like to pick on people that talk about pre-existing conditions. And, and, I, and again, you didn't, you didn't mention this. You said quite the opposite of it, which I love it. But you know, in the direct care world, why I drew just such a strong attachment to what you just said there, there is no such thing as a pre-existing condition. Everybody walks through that door is going to be treated like a person. Some people want to call them patients, people, however you want to describe that. But no one's going to be walking through the door and say, oh, you're diabetic. You have a different price. Oh, you have high cholesterol. You have a different price. Everyone's going to have the same price, the same access, the same availability for that physician to get the answers they need. And ultimately, what I think we can both agree with from what we're trying to do and what you're trying to do is really heal people. And that is something that is rare in healthcare, at least in the United States, healthcare. A lot of people like to joke that we have a sick care system. Most health systems only get paid when somebody is unhealthy. 
because healthy people avoid doctor's offices and hospitals like the plague, even routine. So if we can help cure somebody's diabetes working you know, with your app and your technology, and they get a physician who's actually incentivized to get them healthy, I think that's a good picture to paint for people on what healthcare could be and what the future can be. Love to hear your thoughts on that and say, you know, Chris, you're nuts or, hey, it actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> you're not going to hurt my feelings. You're your listeners already know that you're nuts, so I don't have to reiterate <laughs> That's that. That's fair. <laughs> no, I, I think I think you're right on the money with that um, because people want to understand what's what's wrong with them, as I mentioned, in a holistic way. And uh, yeah, if you have somebody that helps you manage your condition, right? Chronic conditions often, unfortunately, they don't go away, right? They ha- you have to manage them pretty much for life. But what, it, what you can do is get them to be as much in remission as possible. And um, that is, is something that takes years and years for people. If Julie can only take six months off of that time to get somebody to stability, that's a huge cost saving, but more importantly, a huge increase in quality of life. So our mission is to do that and healthy people, right? Not, um, yeah, I mean, that's the the critique that you don't put like (laughs) pinpointed exactly. But what you're talking about is that the fee for service model is something that is not working any longer um, because there's not enough responsibility uh, there to bring people back to health. I don't think that, you know, I know that every single physician, my father's a physician, they're so devoted to getting people, helping them. It's a, it's a helping profession. They're mission-driven people, but they often work in systems that don't allow them to provide the best care they can. And so everything that allows a cost reduction by taking out things that are rote, that are repetitive, that puts money back into the system for personalized healthcare. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. But Tina, I'm gonna give you the last word here. Just describe for us and kind of paint us a picture of why it is so important for people to take back control of their healthcare information, healthcare data, and understand exactly what they are and what they can do with it? I believe in an educated consumer. I believe that people want to be involved in their healthcare if you give them the means to do that. And I also believe that healthcare data belongs to each and every individual. It doesn't belong to the EMR vendors, Epic or Cerner. It doesn't belong to your healthcare system. It belongs to you. And luckily, legislation is now in place that allows that. And um, you as a patient should be able to choose what you do with that data, how you put systems in place for that data. And Julie is one of them. People give us access to their data. It's very secure with us, but they have chosen to use the system. If they choose to use something else, 
that should be their prerogative and not something that is forced on them because this is the way we do it. This is the way we've always done it. And this is how we'll continue to do it. Bettina Hines, CEO of Julie. Bettina, thank you so much for joining us here on Healthcare Americana. Thank you so much, Chris. Keep on doing what you're doing. I think your your listeners love your type of of crazy. (laughs) Which I will take and everyone will take that as a compliment. So (laughs) every entrepreneur needs that mission driven uh, part in them and, you know, just standing in for what they believe. And so I, I appreciate that you do this on this podcast. I appreciate it. Best of luck to you. That's going to do it for this episode of Healthcare Americana. Once again, I am your host, Christopher Habig. Thanks for listening. Check out healthcareamericana.com to hear all our episodes, visit the shop, and learn more about the podcast. Healthcare Americana is produced by Taylor Scott and iPodcast Pro and managed by Melissa Turpin. Whether you're a patient, employer, or physician, the Free Market Medical Association can facilitate and assist you in your free market healthcare journey. The foundation of our association is built upon three pillars, price, value, and equality, with complete transparency in everything we do. Our goal is simple, match willing buyers with willing sellers of valuable healthcare services. Join us and help accelerate the growth of the free market healthcare revolution. For more information on the Free Market Medical Association, visit fmma.org. Hi again, everyone. This is Chris. At Healthcare Americana, we're always on the lookout for great stories to tell in the healthcare industry. And we'd like to hear yours. Check out healthcareamericana.com and send us your ideas for episodes or if you'd like to be a guest. Thanks again for listening. Hope you enjoy it.